This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. JWT, or JOT, is an internet standard for creating JSON-based access tokens that assert some number of claims in the token itself so that it is completely stateless. In this video, I want to talk about the following. I want to discuss all the good old session-based authentication because that's what existed before JWT came into the picture. It had some limitation. People shy away from it. And JWT was invented to solve certain problems. JWT obviously came with their own problems, which we're going to address in this video. And uh, the second thing we're going to discuss is the JWT-based authentication and uh, what is it, uh, some examples, uh, how does it really work. And then we're going to talk about Fresh token, a workaround, in my opinion, to solve some flaw in JWT. Some people won't like that, but that's the truth, right? And uh, we're going to talk about asymmetric JWT, another uh, factor of JWT, um, uh, encryption algorithm for the signature. We're going to talk about that. It's very, very critical. People know who use JWT to use that, especially in the microservices architecture. We're going to talk about uh, code example, people's favorite part, where we're going to show uh, and full-fledged application using a session-based. I'm using Postgres and Express. I'm going to provide the source code that I wrote. And I'm going to write using JWT, so rewrite it in a bit using JWT. And I'm going to use a fresh token, access tokens, all that stuff, right? So, And as, as I talk, guys, you, st you should start seeing some time codes where you can jump into the interesting part of the video. You don't have to watch the whole thing, obviously. And finally, pros and cons of JWT, because guess what? Nothing in software engineering. It's perfect. Everything has a pros and cons. And you as an engineer, you assess your use case and pick what is best for you and nothing else, right? Do, never get attached to a technology, right? If you're interested, stay tuned. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Hussein. And on this channel, we discuss all sorts of back-end engineering, really. And if you're interested to become a better software engineer, consider subscribing. And hit that bell icon so you get notified every time I upload a new video. With that said, let's just jump into Jot. First thing I'm going to talk about, session-based authentication. Good old stuff. We have a beautiful database here. I have a reverse proxy load balancer here. And I have my application that does the authentication, right? I have, I have two services running here. We talked about this many times. I'm going to reference the load balancing videos if you're interested to know how this works and all that stuff. And uh, the client want to log in. And when the Postgres database here, or it's MySQL, any database really, I have a table. I have a username. And there is a password and there is a role. Password is obviously not plain text here, but think consider it's a bcrypted, hash, salted, all that jazz, right? And uh, I made a video about the password method of storing what is the most, from least secure to the most secure. Go check it out, right? However, we have the password stored here. So, and there is a user who says, I want to log in. Look what happened here, right? I'm going to do it again. Make a request. So we went to this server first. That server 
uh, took that request, which is a post request to log in. Edmund want to log in. And uh, that's the password, testing one, two, three. And you might say, well, you're sending a password on clear text. That's absolutely fine because this puppy and this puppy are in a session which is called TLS and they are encrypted already, right? That's that's the hunt the 443, okay? So that's okay if uh, if you're sending that password plain text. Everybody's doing that anyway, right? So, but technically it's not a plain text. It is encrypted, right? So when sending that, I get the information and I authenticate. I know that the user is good. And what I do, I generate a big, large, random string, and I store it in the same table or in any other table, right? I'm called session ID. And with the session ID, I'm going to store as much metadata as possible. The username, the, uh, the role, who, who is he an admin, is he a normal user, when does this session expire, uh, uh, when, the, when was this user logged in, last logged in, every possible information you stored there. Beautiful. And now what we do is just return that session ID back to the user. Say, hey, user, this is your session ID. What does that mean? That means since we are on a web architecture, you are responsible, sir, to send me this session ID with every request. Because guess what? The HTTP is a stateless protocol. That means you make a request, right? And we know who you are. But the second request you make, we have no idea who you are. It's a completely stateless because that request could have this server or could have this server or could be completely another server, right? We don't know who you are. So you need to identify yourself with every request. And that's what the responsible of the client. So the client, what it does says, yay, I want to say hello. This is a new REST endpoint. And here's my session ID. How do I send it? I don't care. Send it via cookies. Send it via auth. Uh, header, send it as a post request, send it as a git, git parameter, I don't care. You can use any method that is promising cause of each one. Well, as long as you send it to us, we will take that session ID. The session ID by itself doesn't have any info, right? How do I have the information? I query the table, that session ID says, okay, who is this uh, guy? And I find that, oh, it's Edmond, and this is an admin, and this is expired. Okay, it's not expired, so authenticated, good. So you don't have to send the username and password with every request. Just sending the session ID, I know you. Well, there is an extra head to the database with every request you make. Well, and then you send me back, hey, hi, Edmond, you're good. I, I now authenticated you, right? That is pretty cool. So what happened if... I send another request. You, we go to another server, and that's absolutely fine, okay? And that also works. We send you hi. And I wanted to explain that because there is a lot of misconception that session-based authentication is actually stateful. Well, yeah, yes, and no. Well, it is stateful as a system because I am storing the state, which is the session ID in the database. However... My application is clearly stateless. That's because I can destroy one server and my application will be still running, right? I will not, the client will not be forced to log in. I didn't lose any information. This guy can die, this guy can die, and they can resume. If there is a new server, they will absolutely resume as long as the database exists, right? So the database is the state. The system is stateful, but the application is stateless. I want you to know 
there is a very, very good important information to understand here, right? Yes, so it's not a full, yes, it's still a stateful system, but it's a stateless application, right? That's why it scales here. And you can make this as a primary uh, kind of a backup, replicated uh, the database so it can scale horizontally as well. All right, guys, so that's the session-based authentication, right? What's the problem with this? Well, every request I make is actually taking extra latency to verify by these applications to query the database. And that's an extra hop. And that's an extra, it takes time, right? Even if it's a Redis database, even if it's a Postgres, there is an extra latency. People didn't like that, right? So some people came up with other solutions Says, okay, we're going to cache information here. Right? We're going to query once and the session information will be cached here on here. But then you make your application stateful, right? And people didn't like that because, okay, how do I know that this information is up to date? Because you, the moment you store this here, you're out of sync, right? Because you can, the session could have been hijacked, right? Someone hijacked the, the session and then, uh, yeah, they, they, you delete that session, but this guy has a cache of it, right? Ugh. You you get this inconsistent state, and that's bad, right? There are a lot of ways to solve this, but I'm not going. This is out of, out of scope of this video. We're gonna talk about it in maybe in another video, right? What people invented was JWT, so JSON Web Token. It stands for JSON Web Token. It is a completely stateless system. That means. We want the application to be completely stateless and the whole system to be stateless. That means if I take that JWT and give it to a completely different service that has no access to my database, it will be able to authenticate that guy. All right. How do we do that? Magic encryption. Three parts. It has a header and it has a data and a signature. I'm pretty, I'm sure, sure you're sick of listening to this. So I'm not going to go into details about this, right? So there's three parts of this where this, the header, it tells you, oh, this is an algorithm encrypt. The signature has been encrypted by this algorithm. And there's the data, the actual username and role, right? Put it in the token itself. Don't start in the database, right? But the moment you say this, oh, Hussein, if I put in the data, if the token itself, as a user, I can make myself admin, right? And I just send it over and I'm an admin. Well, no, because that data will be verified by a signature that only the server uh, can verify, right? So the signature can be either symmetrical or asymmetrical. We're going to go through that. The symmetrical, we talked about symmetric and asymmetric encryption. I'm going to reference the video here, guys. But in a nutshell, you take a key, you encrypt the data, and you store it as a signature. And the same key can also decrypt, right? So symmetrically require the same key to create and validate the token. Asymmetric private key, right? That's the uh, asymmetric part where you can encrypt with a key, but decrypt with another key, right? Encrypt with a key and, and validate with another key. The validation is public and there's like a pros and cons for using each of them, right? We're going to go through them. People favor this more than this. And we're going to talk about why. Here's how it looks like, right? And in my example, Edmond Dantes as a name, as the user, and this is the role, and this will expire at, right? And you, as a server, you build this token, right? You build this payload, and then you say, 
hey, I'm going to encrypt it with this algorithm, which stands for HMAC SHA-256, right? So what we use this algorithm is to encrypt this content and put it there. So this is exactly the verify signature. And to do that, you need to provide a secret. And this secret is the symmetric key that we talked about. Symmetric key because we used a symmetric key algorithm function here, right? If you use an asymmetric key like RSA, then you provide a private key to create the token. To verify, you provide the public key and the public key can be shared. We're going to talk about that in a minute, right? But, but that's it. The secret is known for the server. The, the client never knows the secret, right? So you store the secret and here is the first kind of problem of this, right? Secret keys, right? Where do I put this key, right? All right, let's take an example. How does this work? I'm gonna log in. Same exact thing, guys, right? Post login, Edmund testing one, two, three. Again, this guy is encrypted. Remember, this is a TLS, probably, right? <laughs> Has to be TLS. And then it goes here and says, oh, Edmund testing, good. Let me query the database. We still need to query the database, right? We're authentication. We have to store the username and password somewhere, right? Okay, I know. I validated you. You're good. We we query the database. Now I know you, right? Let me generate a token for you. And here's how we do it. We create a JSON. Name, Edmund, role, admin. And if you have attributes, as much as possible, put it there. Don't put sensitive information because this will be public. This token will have all information. Put the things that you don't really care the user can see, right? So they they can see, but they cannot do much about it, right? So you put the information there. And then you take the symmetry key, the secret, right? And that the, the secret, which knows by the server and have to be all known by also this server, right? You encrypt that with that JWT library, and that will generate a huge string that consists of three parts that we showed earlier. And then you return that token to the user. Same exact scenario as the session. You are responsible to send me this token with every request. I don't care how do you send me this, this token. Authentication bearer. Some people do that because of APIs. Token uh, cookies. Probably best ways to do to do it as HTTP only cookie and strict and and same strict same site strict and if you want to be even more paranoid make it secure right and you send it I don't care how you send it this token to me and here's the thing do you see what happened here that's it we didn't hit the database we only hit the server and the server immediately verified that this guy is Edmond. And how? Here's how. Because it it has the same key, the golden key, which is the symmetric key, it like the same key encrypts and decrypts. So I'm gonna take that token. I have the information. I didn't decrypt anything. It's right there. But I just want to verify that the token is right. So I'm gonna compare it against the signature part. And if it's good, it, the library tells me that's good, looks good, I'm gonna trust that. And I'm going to respond back, hi, Edmund, I trust you. I didn't even have to query a database to trust you. And that is so powerful, guys. So powerful. This is a truly stateless system. I can take the same token and I send it to anybody who understands how to verify JWT. 
and they will be able to verify themselves. That's why OAuth 2 is a big thing, right? I can verify with uh, Google and they will give me a JWT and then I take the JWT and I absolutely can verify it, right? Until it expires, obviously. So it's a completely stateless system. People loved that. It didn't come, it comes with a price. It comes with a price. Nothing is free, right? So what do we do? That's the problem. That key, that same dang key, I have to share it with all my services, right? People who want to create secret JWT tokens and services that I want to verify have to know the key. But the moment you share that there's a problem right now okay we'll, we'll go to another example here i'm going i hit another server doesn't matter because that server has the exact same same code that verified and then it will respond back and here's where it breaks down guys all right guys so i might not trust the other service that i am i want that token to be authenticated but that's another problem we're gonna talk about later but what's wrong with this right what is wrong with this particular token we're going to talk about refresh tokens but what is wrong with this once it's stolen we can't do anything about it guys yeah if it doesn't have if, if it has like 100 uh, days expiry and if has been stolen now we can quote and quote define what stolen mean i mean this cannot be stolen between this guy and this guy because this is encrypted right so the only loophole here is well I take it back. If you be man in the middle, then that man in the middle attacker served you the certificate. They can somehow uh, ha uh, capture that, but that's extremely unlikely. And if you you don't know how to verify the certificate, then you probably went to the situation. But extremely unlikely. Let's take the the more likely solution is that guy here in the browser or the client itself got attacked. XSS, cross-site scripting is a thing. Cross-site request forgery is another thing, right? They are going away. At least the cross-site request forgery with the same site uh, cookie, uh, uh, introducing the same site cookie, they are going away. But cross-site scripting is a thing. So once you stole it, if someone stole that token, they can present that token to any service and they will absolutely be verified. Because guess what? You cannot say... Hey, this token is this token is no longer valid. I'm gonna destroy it. Nope. There's no database. There's not in the session. If the session was stolen, you go to the database and you truncate your session. You delete that session ID. You're gone. You're done. That session is destroyed because there's a central location where the truth lie. This is a stateless system. If it's stolen, tough luck. You don't, you cannot do anything about it. Everybody can just take that token and then verify themselves. There are so many ways to solve this problem. One way is refresh token. Another way is, is to add some state to your stateless JWT token. I'm going to talk about those. Okay. And uh, so what do we do? People said, okay, this access token thing, which is this, these tokens, let's make them short lived. They may have to be shorted because if in case they are stolen, right? What we're going to do is they okay. Stolen, stolen. It's again, the fact that they are, we say stolen in a very light, light way, but it is really hard to steal 
tokens, guys, right? Because stealing tokens is not just something you do. You cannot sniff in the middle. This is encrypted, right? And the second thing, carrying out XSS attacks is extremely well-crafted. Uh, it has to be well-crafted to actually nail it. So, And uh, yeah, it's not that easy. But if someone managed to do that, we want to make this token as short as possible so they can only access, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes, right? Whatever. But the moment we make it short-lived, we're going to, let's say 15 minutes, we're going to tell the users, hey, users, your token expired, log in again. That's very bad user experience. We can't force users to log in every 15 minutes. That's just dumb. Well, banks do that, and, and that, that might be a good idea. But imagine... If Facebook forced you to log in every 15 minutes, that's just dumb. So we need a way to get a new JWT token every 15 minutes. Thus, refresh tokens were born. And what are refresh tokens? They're exactly like sessions. Yes, I said it. <laughs> this is exactly the same thing, right? When we brought it, in a, in a, we added some state to it. So a refresh token is a JWT token that you store in a database, right? And still, there is a valid, there is value to this, guys, right? Still, there is value to this. And we're going to talk about it. So let's go through our same exact scenario, but with a refresh token. I'm on a login. My name is Edmund. This is my password. All secure and jazz. I hit the server and I authenticate myself because I had the database. I have to check the password, right? And then what we do is we generate two things. The... We use the symmetric key, right? Once we verify, we use the symmetric key here. We generate an access token, which is short-lived, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then we, we generate a refresh token. We, usually, it's, it's, usually it doesn't have expiry, right? But if you want to make it, like, make it one day, right? And then, this is longer. And we return both to the user, right? What, here's what we do. We return both to the user. Token, use this to authenticate every request that you make use this in case this guy's expired to generate a new one okay we'll talk about that and here's what we did here we stored the token in the database itself like exactly like we did with the session yes i stored it in the same table but you could store it in another table and by doing that we kind of played like a session in a way right we're going to talk about an example here let's see what's going on we're gonna and here's another think this you can put in a cookie this uh, you need to store it securely because this could be attacked by xss and uh, csrf and they could be stolen if they are stolen then you're absolutely screwed right because if this is stolen that's okay but this is stolen people can take it and just uh, uh create their own um uh, tokens from it but we're gonna solve that problem as well right so let's see what, what will happen with the refresh token i log in and obviously we don't hit any of the database i am verified and then we take that we verified all that jazz good but the token has been expired what do we do all right so my post my token has just expired and i want a brand new token but Prior to expiry, I'm going to generate a new token. So it's a client responsibility to get a brand new 
access token. How do we do that? You make a post request to an earth endpoint and you specify the refresh token. I don't care how, right? Probably the securest way is to put it as a part of the authentication header here, right? Or the body, right? Not as a cookie. I wouldn't do it as a cookie, to be honest. But regardless, once you do that, look what happened. And we hit the database. We have to. Despite the refresh token being stateless, I could have verified it with my symmetric key, right? But we don't want to do that. We have to hit the database because guess what? This could be stolen. We don't know for sure. We need to hit the database and verify that the token is still valid. Verify that the token has not been blacklisted maybe. Verify that the token has not been stolen and all this information, right? And this is now became a centralized system, but it's still better. It's still better than session authentication, guys, right? It is still better because with every request, I don't have to hit the database. Now I have to hit the database only with 15, after 15 minutes. That's absolutely fine. That is really, really good, right? So now I'm going to give you a new token. And this will return basically a brand new access token. The client is responsible to use this new token with every request. And we're going to show an example a code example hopefully right guys so that's the refresh token wow all right then obviously as we said i'm going to use the new token the access token to access and uh, since this high guy have my symmetry key they can verify it and they know who i am the only trick here is the client is responsible to generate this new token so we put some work on the client right something we didn't have in the session id right so it's a pros and cons game you're playing here we're gonna talk about all of that stuff right really there is no favorite to be honest right you can you can go with each one depends on your use case again all right sharing secrets guys how do i share secrets in a microservices architecture with jwt we have this thing now that is called secrets right because yeah it's a stateless but guess what nothing is free i need your dang key to authenticate right but the moment you share that key right if this guy's like okay i'm verifying i'm one of hello 2 service hello 2 or service b right want to authenticate this token you gotta give it that key and the moment you give it that key this guy could be evil and if this guy is evil they can generate their own token and they can make it unexpired right and they can just authenticate on your behalf that is absolutely bad right so absolutely very rare that people use symmetry key in microservices architecture especially in a zero trust architecture where nobody's trust anybody in this um, architecture right so what do we do meet asymmetric JWT again guy watch my uh, encryption video if you want to learn more about symmetric versus asymmetric but in a nutshell symmetric encryption is you encrypt with the same key and you decrypt with the same key right what does that mean <laughs> you encrypt with a key and you decrypt with the same key and it's absolutely powerful and fast asymmetric key you encrypt with a key and you decrypt with another key right or you encrypt with the key and you verify with another key all right so it's asymmetric and there's pros and cons we need both to make encryption work and security work we cannot handle just one kerberos authentication actually just work on symmetric key in a very smart way right and, and i love that <laughs> i really love that i'm gonna make a video about kerberos uh comment section below if you want to make a you want to see the video about kerberos uh it's really it's an old technology but it's so badass all right 
asymmetric, back to, back to the topic. So asymmetric JWT or JOT, right? You, the authentication service is only a service that has the private key, right? And you can use it to generate these JOTs, right? But to authenticate, you use the public key. And you can give this away because this key is useless. It will only validate. It will never be able to generate new keys. So, And you, to do that, you just use, for example, an RSA, right? You gotta be careful of this because asymmetric algorithms are slower than symmetric algorithms. And if you have like a big JWT, I don't know why would you have that. Asymmetric is absolutely slow with big data. Big data, not big data, big data, big data, big data. You get it. All right, guys, coding time. Let's jump to the coding and then we're gonna jump in and pros and cons of JWT. How about we do that? All right, guys. So initially, I wanted to actually live code this one, but in favor of time, I noticed that the actual content is now 50 minutes. So I don't want to spend more time just showing you how I code this. So I have the source code. I'm going to explain it to you how I actually wrote it. So how about we actually show the session based authentication uh, code that I have and then show the uh, JWT version. And then we're going to go through the code and how exactly I did it. How about we do that? Right. I apologize for that. Maybe I'm going to make another video to just uh, live code and how I actually do that but it's gonna if i do this i'm gonna take me another maybe 40 minutes just to write the code from scratch so i apologize for that so what we have here is a session-based authentication and i'm going and this is back backed up by the postgres database and here's the table it's called sesh auth and it's empty it has a username password role and session id okay so what we're gonna do here i'm gonna create a new user called test the password is also test and i'm gonna register him as a normal user and if i do that the moment i do that the password is you i'm using bcrypt to encrypt all of that stuff in the password this is the test and this is now a user and there's no session because this user didn't log in technically what we're gonna do is we're gonna submit a login so that was the register endpoint this one is now the login endpoint and if i do a login i'm gonna get back that this user has logged in successfully and here's what happened here when i query the same thing, I now have a session ID. Look at how long is this thing. You can make it as long as, as you want. The longer, the better, <laughs> the more secure. And look what happened here. And uh, look what will happen here. Since uh, as part of the login, I set a session ID cookie, right? And this cookie is now is on HTTP only. That means it will need never be accessed by document.cookies. So it cannot be accessed by JavaScript. So it can only access by the session and only HTTP only. So it will only be sent by HTTP. And I made it lax, right? Same side. I made, I talked about same side cookie. I'm going to reference the video here, guys. But if you can make it strict, it's even better. But lax is good. So now, the moment I refresh the page, the cookies will send the session ID, right? Because that's what cookies does. Whatever it was, they automatically do that magically for you. Look what happened. The page has changed and now it's greeting me. What is up? Hey, you are a user. And there's a button to log out. And the page is blue because that's how a user. If, if I'm going to log in as admin, I'm going to show you. It's going to become red. Just, just to show you the, the, the functionalities, right? So now I can automatically also log out. And what logout will do is 
literally null this thing out. That's what it does. And next time, if I refresh, I no longer know you. So that's how session works. Very simple. I'm going to show you the code and the code will be available in the description below, guys. It's, it's exactly how I did it, right? So that's, that's the logic. Let's log in as an admin. Admin, admin. I'm going to register a brand new admin user. If I query, now I have another entry and it's an admin. How about we log in? Log in. We get another session ID. All right, that session ID. Now we'll have the admin session ID, right? And if I refresh, look at that. It's now I am admin. Hey, admin, what's up? You're an admin. That role is admin. So I use this like kind of a edge side includes, right? To, to, uh, to render this HTML. It's not really H side include, but similar, very similar thing. I render this, uh, the HTML on the server and ship it to the client. All right. So, and then, uh, that's it. That's admin. And you can immediately log out, right? And it works. The moment you log out, that's it. You're done. So here's the source code guys. And you can see with every request, we have been validating the session by querying the database, right? And, uh, here's the source code. It's, it's really straightforward. I have I'm using pool uh, PG not PG which we have talked about in the data uh, in this uh, channel before. I'm using a connection pooling to create a multiple connections and and every gets request to slash we need to validate validate the session ID. If the session ID is is there, then go ahead and validate the session, which is nothing but a query to the database where the session ID exists. If it exists. If it doesn't exist, return now. If it exists, return the information that we found from storing the user from the table itself. If it's valid, if it's not valid, you're going to go null, then send back the login page. If it's valid, go ahead and read the user.html and change these things so it reflects the user page. That's exactly what I did. And I'm sending back the user. And I'm just changing. If it's admin, do this, uh, light blue and color blue. So it's, it's readable. The code is very readable. It's very simple. But login page is actually squaring the database and doing the password authentication that we talked about in another video and just sending it back to the session. All right. All right. Let's do the JWT. I'm going to stop this, go to launch and change this from session to JWT final and JWT auth. I'm using MJS because this is the new uh, standard now and Technically, technically, air codes, you can, the same code should run in the browser. Not not exactly because these are unavailable on the browser, but you can write a library like this that use import and have it execute on the browser. As long as it makes sense. You cannot query a database from browser, obviously. All right. Refresh. JWT base. Let's go ahead and just clear all the uh, tokens and then set, uh, cookies that I have, right? Boom. Let's let's just clear this guy. Because we don't really need it. So for the JWT, it's the same thing, but we're gonna query another table called JWT auth. And it doesn't have everything now. It has a username, password, role, and token. This is for the refresh token, right? But what we're gonna do here is let's create a user called test. Register as admin. Oh I I wanted to be a user. Never mind. Now this user is now an admin, all right? Same thing. So far I didn't use JWT. But when I log in, here's what with the user uh, here here's what with the 
server will give me. It will give me a JWT. This is the JWT. It give me actually two things. It's gonna give me the refresh token and the access token as well, which is awesome. So the access token has been set as a as a as a cookie, right? And the refresh token, I stored it in the local storage. So this is the this is the refresh token, right? So I stored the refresh token in the uh, in the the local storage but the access token is in the cookie because it's more secure to have you don't have to send the refresh token with every time i mean you can but it's kind of useless right so you store it and whenever you need it you refresh in order to recreate a new token right so how about we actually refresh this thing <laughs> here's the thing the access token that i got is only uh, is only 30 seconds i believe so if i log in if i refresh you can see that I am logged in, right? But when I go to the console, you can see that there is a process that is renewing my token every, I believe every 30 seconds. That's how I did it, right? Because the token actually expires every 30 seconds, you I have to rev renew it every time, right? Otherwise I'm gonna get the page, right? So every time now I can, I can keep using this uh, token right but once it's expired right the cookies will be updated with my new token right jw token and that's it i can i'll be logging forever <laughs> that's the idea all right that is pretty cool huh now let's take an example of how you actually can log out right if i refresh here by the way you can see that the refresh token is stored here, right? And I can, I'm logged in as, as far as I know, but every now and then I have a script in this page that actually generates a brand new access token so I can continue working, right? But how do I log out? If I hit log out, what will happen here? We nulled out this thing, but since I still have an access token, I cannot do anything about it. That will still be valid until the 30 second is up any second now. And you will see that this page will, will, will go away after a while. There you go. <laughs> you notice, right? So now it's the access token has been logged. So that's kind of a bad thing compared to the session. The session that immediately I logged out, I logged out. With access token, the idea of logout doesn't exist, guys. Because how do you log out? Log out is technically means take me out of this session, make my token invalid. And how do you make your token invalid? There is no way. The state isn't the token. It's too late. I have to generate a new token for you. I have to store the state that this token is logged out somewhere. And the moment you do that, it's a stateful, right? So the only solution you can do is this that I can think of, to be honest. Log out, you have to wait. You kill the refresh token, essentially. All right, that's how you log out. All right, let's go through the code. The JWT auth, very similar things I used, except the JSON web token I'm using uh, for JWT, cookie parser, I'm still using all that stuff. I'm storing the secrets for both the access token and the refresh token uh, in the code. Bad idea, never do this, right? Use it, store it as an environment variable or in a key management, right? Do you have to do you have a key management system if you want to use this stuff? Yes, it comes with a price. JWT is not free, 
So yeah, so you have this information and pull to query the database, get request, give me this JSON token, uh, uh, JWT token, and if the token is there, I'm gonna validate the token and this is not a query to the database, just give me the secret. And I'm gonna verify, JWT to verify, give me a token, give me a secret, I'm verifying it. If it's good, I'm gonna return it. If it's not good, it's gonna return null. There is no query to the database. That's the inline verification and it's pretty, pretty fast, right? Not much if you have a big tokens, so be careful of that. Uh, I don't know if that has a limit, guys. Let me know if there's uh, there's a limit to JWT's uh, token size. I don't think there is. But yeah, if it's null, that means send the login page. It's no longer valid. That's what we saw, right, when we kept refreshing. And if it's valid, go and read and change everything. The same code we did with the session, right? Uh, make it admin, roller, all that jazz, and send it back. Else, if the user ask as, as the user has the login, this is for the refresh token slash token. That means every time you post a request, right? Uh, I'm gonna validate the refresh token using the refresh secret, right? Token, and then if if it's not valid, I'm gonna return. Else, I'm gonna query to see it's valid. The refresh token is valid or not? And if it's not valid, also fail. If it's valid, go ahead and just return a brand new access token. That's how we re-sign it. And I'm using the HMAC uh, uh, SHA-256 to generate the token, set the token in the cookie, and that's it, you send it back. So that's, that perfectly works, and this is the login. So all the code will be available for you guys here to play with it, right? Obviously, this is not the best practices, to be honest, right? The best practices to use a vault, or key management to store all the cookies, but the same idea holds. The only bad thing about this is, is just the storing of the keys here, right? Some people use environment variables, but you have the same problem. Where do you store this environment variable? Where do you come, come up with the keys, right? You can put in the code a lot, because if you store it this way, you're pushing it to your Git repo, the code, the secrets in the Git repo, that's bad, <laughs> you don't do this, right? So. You mainly store it somewhere else that is not accessible to everybody. All right, guys, so that's it, really. I'm gonna push the code for you guys, and then here's the create SQL to create the tables uh, if you want to spin up your own. If you are on Postgres database, it's really simple. Uh, check out my Docker video because I spin up a Docker Postgres. It's just like in a few seconds you have a Postgres running. So you would clone this and uh, npm install and all that jazz, and we'll do all that stuff. All right, guys. Go back and talk about pros and cons. How about we do that, guys? All right, guys. So that was the coding part. How about we finish this video by talking about the pros and cons of JWT? Because nothing is perfect, right? It really depends on the use case. So let's start with the pros first, guys. The first thing, a pros, and it's absolutely a great uh advantage for JWT is it's stateless and it's a completely stateless system once you use it because you can throw this token in every service as long as the service has the secret key or the public key in that case it will be able to authenticate that without hitting a centralized database right at least for the just the access part of it okay so the access tokens they are beautiful for stateless yeah for refresh tokens there is a there is a, some sort of a centralization, right? Because now you have to hit the auth service again to get a brand new access token. But nevertheless, right? So it's great for APIs because of this, right? Now I can I can talk to a central authentication service, 
right? And I can build my own API. And then everybody, right, if they want to authenticate, they talk to me, they get a token, and they can build their own application and they use my API as long as they provide that API, right, uh, that token, they can be logged in. If you build another REST endpoint or another G, uh, GraphQL endpoint, you can use that uh, JWT to authenticate yourself without relying on a centralized database, right? And that, that scales very, very well for APIs, right? People all the time use this, right? It's very, very secure, right? Because the security of it is because... I have everything encrypted in the database, uh, in the in the token itself. Uh, it's very very hard to actually break it unless you use a very weak secret or a very weak key, symmetric key or private key. That is right. So it's secure, right? So people rely on them because of it's secure. It carries a lot of useful information that doesn't really require us to query the database to obtain them and that is so powerful and you can trust this information because it's secure back to the security right now right in a session based auth you have to only give the user the id right that's it you cannot give the user the actual username in a cookie you cannot trust that or you cannot give them hey by the way this is your role and you, you rely on them sending that to you. No, that's a bad idea in a session base because they can just change that and make themselves an admin, right? Go to the cookies and the dev tools and change themselves to be an admin. You never do that. So you only have to have the session idea. When you do that, you have to store the information on the server. And that's an extra hop, extra latency that can slow you down if you have a lot of requests. So it's very useful to have everything in the token itself so that's even the experience in the in the page right you can render pages and javascript on the client without having to rely on the server hey you have the jwt you have the username you have everything you don't have oh user or oh, server what's my server what's my username what's my ad, admin credentials no you cannot do you have you don't have to do that all the information is in the token and it is it is available for you. It's not, let's let's be very clear about this. JWT is itself is not encrypted. It is signed, right? So the the text is a plain text. This is base 64, but it's a plain text. You can actually read it. The signature is encrypted, right? So you can actually read this without needing to decrypt it, to be honest. And as we said, right, can store information that drive user experience, right? You just use that information and drive the user experience without relying on the server. Very powerful. And we don't need a centralized database anymore to authenticate ourselves, right? This is a beautiful way, just cent uh, stateless, right? Take that JWT, hit it somewhere else, and you're good. You're golden. <laughs> okay, we run out of pores. How about we talk about cones? The cones! Sharing secrets in a microservices architecture, right? And uh, you guys, when I, when I made the YouTube stories, you told me how much pain in the ass this is, right? If you have a, like a building a microservices architecture and you're relying on JWT, that dang secret, even if it's an environment variable, you have to share it somewhere with all your services. If you're using symmetric key, that is, right? And that's a problem, right? Because the moment you use that, then sharing secret becomes really... Well, well, do we? Where do you put the key? Or do you put it in a database, right? Or put it in an auth central authentication service, right? Like Vault, you can use Vault to do that, and Vault's pretty good, right? At storing all these secret management becomes all these secret management. It's actually its own problem to solve, and Vault. Uh, 
from HashiCorp, I believe. Uh, they solved this problem very elegantly. So sharing secrets is a pain, right? Sharing keys is a pain. And the other problem is, even if you use public private key, which says, okay, I'm going to share the public key, but where do you put this public key, right? And how do you know that this public key is still valid? Let's see the private key of the token of the service has been leaked somehow, heart bleed, I don't know. And then, yeah, and then um, people started generating their, their own token, and then that, pub, that pairing public key is no longer valid. And if it's no longer valid, old requests should be stopped, right? All tokens are just done. How do you do that? How do you deprecate a key? Well, you can say, okay, let's just delete that key and use this public key. But what do we do with that old tokens that they are still valid? Do you trust them? Or do you say, no, guys, we don't trust anything before that date. All these uh, public, all these jots that have been created with this old key, no, we don't want it anymore. So key management is a pain. Where do you put this public key? It's so it's kind of back to you still have this latency with with key management, right? Because you gotta either put it in a microservice authentication microservice that rely on key management, or you put it on Vault, or you put it somewhere. You have that extra latency to verify the key. So it's kind of back to the same problem with the session, which is that extra hop, right? You cannot escape that. Yes, it's attractive, but that problem still exists, right? And it's painful. I'm going to reference a video, guys, for uh, one doctor's name, Philip. I forgot his last name, but he's very, very, very good, very good presentation talking about the bad practices with JWT and what people, bad things that did with that. So key management is a thing, and people are trying to still solve this problem. It's very tricky to consume correctly. I didn't say implement, but consume. The client is now responsible to deal with this access token, and and it, it needs to know where exactly to send it, whether it's with their authentication as a bearer property or whether as a cookie or whether as a post request. And when, when it knows that, well, it needs to know that, oh, this token is about to expire. Let me generate a new refresh token. And it needs to build this token in itself, which is annoying. We never had to do this with session IDs before, right? If the session is expired, it's expired. If the session is not expired or is stolen, pff, tough luck. The admin goes to the database and say, oh, so this session is done, I guess. Let's delete it. And the next request will just invalidate that session. So it's very simply, elegantly designed previously, right? Yeah, there is this extra hop, which we can solve with a little bit of statefulness in, this, uh, in the server. But yeah, still, you're adding some extra complexity to the clients, right? Nevertheless, it is complex and tricky. I'm going to say again, I can say complex. It's tricky, right? Again, guys, if I'm saying anything that is doesn't make sense, let me know because I don't know everything, right? I know what I read and research and every day from you guys learning input, watching other videos and, and implemented it myself, that's what I find. It's just completely my opinion, right? Prove me wrong. Let's have a discussion, right? And then let's just say, what's your method, best method of authentication? Really, there is no, uh, there's no best or favorite method. It just really depends on the use case, to be honest. Storage of refresh tokens. Now we have the same problem, right? The token is a precious 
access token is not that precious. You can put it in the cookie, right? Because it's just short-lived. But the fresh token is long-lived. And if this stolen, it's a problem. So where do you, where do you put it? You put it in the local storage, JavaScript, like we did? That's susceptible to XSS attacks, cross-site scripting. What do you do? You encrypt it? What do you encrypt it with? A key? Where do you store the key? It's the same problem. It's, an, it's, a, it's a very hard problem, guys. People are still figuring this stuff out. It's a very hard problem. You can solve, store it anywhere you want, right? Uh, I would prefer as an index DB because index DB has a little bit of, in, in, the, in the database, has a little bit of uh, uh, more security than local storage, to be honest. But index DB's API is bad as F. Token, revocation, and control. Same thing. Token. This guy, whoever, whomever we issue this access token or refresh token, turns out to be shady, and uh, shady people deserve no more access. How do we revoke that? Tough luck. You cannot revolt a JWT. JWT is a stateless. There is no. Where do you store the state that? Oh, this this is no longer valid. Where do you store this? Database somewhere, right? You can say, okay, I'm not gonna store in database. I'm gonna store in the author authentication service. Yes, then this authentication service has to store it in a database, obviously, guys, right? So, yeah, take token revocation and control, like, control like, who access has access to what. Oh, this token is still valid, but this guy cannot access this resource anymore. This cannot access the pictures because, I don't know, he's doing something shady. We don't want him to access the pictures, but they can still read the comments. I don't know, something like that. So, how do you revoke control, right? How do you do this stuff? Back to the centralization. With session IDs, you can still do that very easily because it's a centralized design, right? With this, this decentralization, with, I'm not sure that decentralization is the right word, to be honest, but the statelessness, that means the state is in the token all the time. We have no way to change the state in the token, right? It's, it's there. So it's a very tricky problem to solve. People are still doing it, right? You can still have uh, asynchronous... Uh, calls on the server that uh, periodically check the state of the token i would go with that method to be honest even with the session id right you don't you don't want to hit this database every time with each session you store something locally and you pull it every i don't know 15 minutes or so and check, check the latest state so you're you're fast when request comes in and you don't basically take the hit and uh, there is the insecure implementation of libraries that I took this point actually from uh, from Philip uh, Philip Derek. I'm gonna put his Twitter below, right? So in his uh, presentation, he talked about some of the insecure implementation of libraries, right? So it's like, what happens if you don't you put none as the algorithm in a in a JWT, right? That's a perfectly valid token, and people did that, right? And if you did none, that means it's not really encrypted. That means the signature is empty. That means I can just make up my own JWT, and I pretend to be an admin. I claim to be an admin. I didn't. I know I, I didn't use that word a lot, but that's what JWT does. It claims, right? I'm claiming to be an admin, and you're gonna believe me because your library support none as an algorithm, right? Because there's no encryption, there's no signature. So yeah, that it blew me away when I read that. It's like what? Some library did that, and it was there until 2015 when somebody actually discovered us. Like what? Yeah. So, do you trust the libraries? Maybe, right? 
what do you think? JWT or no JWT? What love do we give to what? Right? Session IDs, good old session ID, because you're whole old school 90s kid, or you're hip, you're 2020 kind of a guy or gal that likes JWTs, right? I'd use JWT to be honest. It's, uh, it's a beautiful design, right? And uh, uh, to be honest, I'm not going to use refresh tokens. I think it's a, they, I don't think they are necessary. I would just use J access tokens, right? And, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use access tokens, right? Only access tokens. And what I'm going to do on the back end, I'm going to store the access token. I'm going to make access token unlimited. There's no time limit to it. And I'm going to store the token in the database. And every 10 minutes, asynchronously on my server, I'm going to pull the database and say, hey, is this token valid? Is this token valid? Is this token valid? So that if the token was stolen, I can just, I know that's stolen because maybe I got requests from an, another IP address that I'm not supposed to or has been reported to be stolen. I just go to the database and delete that entry. And the, for the next 15 minutes, the, the attacker will have access to that token. But after that, they will no longer have access because I'm going to delete that. The server will discover, ooh, that's bad. So I would do it this way, to be honest. It's just that, but that's just me. I, I think the idea of refresh token is, is really unnecessary, to be honest. I just find it really, it's just, wow. Why do you put the, the blame on the, on the client to do all the work, generate a new token and everything? It's just, it's an extra, I don't know, extra complexity. I know Auth2 does it, and there's probably a, a good reason for it. I still don't understand it because there's better ways of solving things. Right. But that's just me. Might be wrong. All right, guys. That's all for me today. I'm going to see you in the next one. You guys stay awesome.